Garland Vision is the proud sponsor of Evansville North High School's podcast production of The Loft. At Garland Vision, think eye care experience. Not just getting an eye exam, Garland Vision is where you can have your eyes examined while sitting in a comfortable chair with a fresh cup of baby's coffee, cool music on the sound system, and the stimulating scent of a seasonal candle wafting through the air. And you won't find our frames anywhere else in town. With our unique visual style and relaxing atmosphere, we've been able to attract the most popular and distinctive eyeglass frame designers in the world. Our appreciation of eyewear truly stands out from the crowd, and so will you. That's what Garland Vision is all about. We won't make your glasses in an hour, but we will take the time to improve and maintain one of your most valuable assets, your vision. Garland Vision, 1033 East Mount Pleasant Road, Evansville, Indiana. Visit our website at garland-vision.com. Hello. Oh, hey, Mr. Deweese. Didn't mean to startle you. Ah, Meredith Blessing. You're at church bright and early this morning. Is the choir practicing before the service? No, sorry. My dad got called into work. Some big project, so he had to drop me off on the way in. Well, that's fine, of course. I wasn't expecting anyone till late 15 or so. But I've got some coffee brewing in the pantry. You want some? Don't mind if I do. Right this way. So, school year off to a good start? It's been interesting. You're a senior this year, right? That I am. Got your eyes set on a particular university? Well, I'm hoping SIU. Saluki Pride. Saluki Pride. Well, your mom and dad will be happy to have you close to home, I know. How is your mom, by the way? Haven't seen her in a pew for ages. Not for one of trying, but the hospital has her working third shift. Uh, you know, I used to work at that hospital. As a chaplain? A nursing technician. My body never got used to those swing shifts. Yeah, mom's pretty wiped out. Speaking of hospitals, how is that friend of yours, Lachelle Harmon? I heard she had a seizure. She's doing okay, I think. She never had any issues with seizures before, did she? Not that I know of, no. Well, I hope it's nothing serious. Well, she had a panic attack earlier in the week, so I think we're all hoping it's just stress. Poor thing. She's had a rough year losing her mother and all. Yeah, she sure has. Hey, do you mind if I take the coffee into the sanctuary? I could use a quiet place to look over the music for today's service. If you promise not to spill on my carpet. Me? Never. Then my church is your church, as it was and ever shall be. Thanks, Mr. Dewey's. All right, let's see what we have today. For the beauty of the earth. Oh, I like that one. For the beauty of the earth, for the glory of the skies, for the love which from our birth over and around us lies. Lord of all, to thee we raise. Hello? Is someone there? Hello? This isn't funny, and hiding behind the organ is not a very nice practical joke. Okay, this is too weird. Oh my god, where did you come from? Okay, didn't mean to interrupt. Okay, yeah, I'll just give you some privacy. Yeah? You are really freaking me out right now. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go get Mr. Dewey's. Ah, oh, Meredith, uh, forget something? Who's that girl down in the sanctuary? I'm sorry. I was in the back, just Reviewing today's music, and this other girl down by the organ starts singing along. Hun, there's no one here except you and me. No, I'm, I'm telling you, she's in there, dressed all in white and very, very pregnant. Meredith, nobody else has come in since you arrived. I don't make up pregnant girl singing hymns. Okay, uh, how about we go and have a look-see? She was right over there, right by the organ. I believe you, but I sure don't know who it could be, and clearly, there's nobody here now. She was singing for the 
beauty of the earth. Honey, are you feeling all right? No, no, Mr. Duis, I don't think I am. The Evansville North High School Drama Department and Garland Vision proudly present The Loft, a serial podcast told in four parts. Episode 3, Dominion. Christy, hey, Christy, wait up. What's up, Kurt? Have you seen Lachelle? No, I talked to her yesterday, though. She said she was feeling better. We need to get the gang together, like lunch at the latest. Why? Is Miss Kincaid pissed? Sure, but mostly concerned about Lachelle. That said, the loft is now off limits. Fine with me. If I never see that place again, that'll be too soon. Hey, what's up, fam? Hey, Tyler. I thought you and Meredith were attached to the hip. She called in sick. Is she sick? Something happened yesterday at United Methodist, and frankly, she is seriously freaked out. What do you mean, something happened? Well, she kinda, sorta saw something. Something? Like, what? I think she saw the ghost of Emma. The drowned girl? No joke. I was on the phone with her half the night. What the hell have we started? How do we stop it? Hey guys, you look seriously grim. Did somebody die? Lynn, sometimes you're not funny. Okay, tell me we've heard from Michelle. Supposed to be back at school today. You don't sound convinced. Me? I'm not convinced of very much right now. Right, which is why I want your help after school. More research? Remember the Magic Treehouse, Jack and Annie? I'm Jack. But you still want to do a story on this? With the shell just getting out of the hospital. Oh, I want to. But at this point, it would be totally exploitative. And I can't do that to the shell, so... Wow, you have grown. Don't you dare patronize. But if you can't do the article... I want to get to the bottom of this, period. And I'm pretty sure that a couple of you know more than what you're saying. Well, there is the whole Meredith went to church aspect. Hold that thought. Hey, you use your phone on school property, you're going to get it impounded. Yeah, but this is a call you want me to take. So do me a solid and make like a soccer team. You lost me. Build a wall, dummy. Right. You heard the lady. Kurt, Christy? Already on it. Hello? Miss Hassler, this is Jonathan Austin. We spoke last week uh, about football. Of course, Mr. Austin. I wasn't expecting to hear from you. I know, but you mentioned you knew Michelle Harmon. Yes, sir. She's a friend. Miss Hassler, you know I worked in the health industry for many years. Sure, you said. I have friends who are still working. One nurse in particular over at County General. Same floor your friend was admitted. Now, confidentiality being what it is, she couldn't say much. But I'm pretty sure your friend Lachelle had a seizure. That's what everyone's calling it. And I can see why. You remember Gary Stevens, the one I said killed my buddy Danny back in 58? Sure, Lachelle's great uncle. Well, there's more I didn't tell you, and it could matter. Here's the thing, see? Gary was a paranoid schizophrenic with multiple personality disorders. Not only that, he was prone to seizures. Oh my gosh. You take my point. Lachelle might have all of that in her genetic makeup. Mr. Austin, I'll make sure the whole family knows right away. Wait, 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 wait. Before you go, believe it or not, that's not the reason I called. That sounds dire. You journalists used to call it the, uh, attention getter. On a good day, we still do. I won't share the rest over the phone. I'm free right after school. Then I'll see you here this afternoon. Don't bring anyone else. Um... You heard me. This isn't for public consumption. So, I couldn't hear 90% of that, but the look on your face was priceless from beginning to end. Well, after school is a definite change of plan, and I have to talk to Lachelle and Shane right away. I think we all want that. As long as she shows up to school. I see her third period, so... Hey, Mr. Everett, you got a sec? Drake, are we on speaking terms again? Honestly, I'd rather not be, but I might need your help. 
Any port in a storm, hey? No, but the right port, sure. Well, nothing like a little moral flexibility. What can I do for you? Okay, so you're officially a history teacher. I get that. And history is kind of like, at least in one way, the study of reality, right? Why do I feel like a lobster headed into a trap? I don't care what you feel like. The point is, you spend most of your time on reality. Verifiable facts, the historical record, but you were a priest, too. Ah, uh, you want me to reconcile my previous world of mystery with what I do now? Hey, how you live your life now, that's between you and your god. So to speak. Yeah, so to speak. But? I keep running into things I can't explain. So, given what you used to do, who you used to be, uh, if you ever bump into things that don't quite fit with a cut-and-dry history... You know, facts. But they don't quite fit with religion, either. So, the paranormal. Yeah, or maybe more supernatural. I would argue that the supernatural is built into the church. Hardwired, even. And that's especially true of the Catholic Church. The paranormal, however, that's a horse of a different color. I think I'm hoping it's a horse you've had some experience with. Drake, if I say, why do you ask... You're not going to tell me, right? Look, we don't have to like each other, and we maybe don't even have to trust each other. But if things get rocky, I need to know who I can lean on. Well, I don't often talk about this. Some things are better not to remember. But I was once involved in a, well, let's call it a ritual, to help a little boy named Landon. He had some peculiar symptoms, and he'd been to a variety of doctors, psychiatrists, Pediatric neurologists, none of them were able to help. His parents brought him to me. I evaluated him as best I could, and I called for help. What kind of help? Remember, I was a youth pastor before I got my own parish. I wasn't in any way a senior member of the clergy, so I called on a priest I'd learned to trust, a man about as old as Methuselah and with the experience to match. He agreed that we had a problem, that... Landon had a problem, and we set out to do our best to help. And in the course of that encounter, I was a witness to events that are, well, difficult to explain. Difficult, that is, to explain with the usual set of tools. Rational, scientific tools on the one hand, and canonical, faith-based tools on the other. We employed both, of course. I'd have to say that in retrospect, they weren't much use. I don't get how you can tell me this and stand up here in front of your classes teaching the three-fifth compromise and manifest destiny with a straight face. Admitting to things I can't explain in no way negates the many things I can explain. I guess. These inquiries of yours, they aren't random. At some point, and sooner rather than later, you owe me an explanation. Not gonna happen unless it's absolutely necessary. Drake... A life in the clergy and the study of history are in some ways very similar. You learn to read widely and deeply. You learn the art of research. Why does that sound like a threat? That's a question you might ask yourself. And as you do, you might consider the striking similarities between the terms paranormal and paranoid. <laughs> okay, yeah, great. You've been a real big help. Drake, if you hear nothing else, hear this. When push comes to shove, I can be there for you. But it would help if you would tell me what's going on. Yeah, well, let's hope I don't have to. At Colonial Assisted Living, we believe you should enjoy life. And it shows. We offer three meals a day, group activities and outings, as well as transportation to and from doctor's appointments. We have two locations in Henderson, Kentucky, and one location in Vincennes, Indiana. We offer independent living, as well as various levels of assisted living. Our loving staff is thrilled to meet you. Colonial Assisted Living, where you come as friends and leave as family. Colonial Assisted Living, located in Henderson, Kentucky, and Vincennes, Indiana. ColonialSeniorLiving.com All right, so in the final pages of The Great Gatsby, Nick ties his story of Gatsby to the American dream, and he notes that it's been around a long time. 
I became aware of the old island here that flowered once for Dutch sailors' eyes, a fresh green breast of the new world. Its vanished trees, the trees that had made way for Gatsby's house, had once pandered in whispers to the last and greatest of all human dreams. So, with that in mind, let's break off into pairs and discuss how the American dream relates to you, your family, and your place here in Southern Illinois. Think about your green lights. What is it that you are reaching for? And how can the past help you to achieve your goals? We've got 15 minutes. Go to it. Hey, Lachelle. How are you feeling? Tired. Got me on these anti-seizure meds. Makes me feel like I'm walking through mud. That sucks. At least I'm out of the hospital. You realize they had me all of one floor up from where they put Mom? Oh, Shelly. Plus, Shane won't tell me what went on in the loft after I seized. It probably doesn't want to stress you out. I'm not breakable. I don't need protection, especially from my kid brother. Well, you remember we lost a light bulb the first time you freaked out? This time we blew three. So? So, maybe it's a coincidence, but things get really weird when you flip out. You think it's my fault? No, that's not what I said. You think I'm a mutant or a witch or something and I go around blowing up light bulbs? Ladies, everything okay? Everything's fine, Miss J. Sorry. I'm glad you're having a passionate debate, but let's keep it down, yeah? Yes, sorry. Yes, sorry. Shelly, you think I care about getting in trouble with a teacher? I've got spirits invading my brain. I spent three days in the hospital, the same one where my mom just lost her life, and now I'm dealing with a mystery seizure the doctors have no explanation for. Okay, but this is AP English. It's that stupid Ouija board. I've never had anything like this happen until we started fooling around with that thing. Shelly, where are you going? What do you care? Um, you're my best friend and you're acting crazy. I'm acting crazy? Me? You guys are the crazy ones. Miss Harmon! Yeah, what? You need to calm down. How's that for teacher training? Poor Miss J doesn't even know that you don't ever tell a person who's upset to calm down. Look, I don't know what's going on here, yeah, but you- Yeah, well, neither do I, and that's a problem you can't fix. I'm out of here. Where are you going? Need some fresh air. Now, just hold on there. Miss J, let go of my arm. I'm trying to help you- Ow! Did you just hit me? Don't you ever touch me again! Lachelle, get back here right now! Miss Julius, let her go, please. She hit me! I know, but I think it's best if we look the other way. I've never seen her like that before. She's going through some major Don't say it. Thank you. Can I please go after her? I think I can help. Yes. Fine, but this can't happen again. It won't. All right, show's over. Gatsby, Fitzgerald, The American Dream. Miss Hassler. Lynn, please. <laughs> Next you'll be wanting me to be Jonathan. <laughs> As if we're buddies, peers. I will be happy to use whatever address you like. Actually, Jonathan sounds pretty good. Makes me feel young. And believe me, that's hard to do. Uh, shall we step inside? Last time I was here, it was an impossible mess, and we stayed on the porch. What you hear this time only gets heard behind closed doors. Okay, well, um... Lynn, don't go in there. Not by yourself. Tyler, what are you doing here? You know this kid? I told you, this one I handle on my own. Uh, sir, I'm sure there's no need. Not really, but I, I hope you understand. I've got to look out for my friends. Uh-huh. So my role here is to lure sweet young Lynn to her doom. Like I said, can't be too careful. Tyler, I don't need rescuing. Uh, great. Then how about I head inside and conduct the super spooky top secret interview? And then when it all goes south, you can be the one to bust down the door and save my bacon. I have my phone, I have backup, I have pepper spray. I'm starting to think I might be the one that needs rescuing. Mr. Austin, Jonathan, may I introduce Tyler's Road? Son, if you're going to play a knight in shining armor, I'll give you this much. 
You've got the build for it. You a football player? Uh, yes, sir. But it's European football. You mean soccer. <laughs> that ain't football, son. That's what my dad keeps telling me. Sounds like a smart man. And you drove all the way out here to keep Lynn safe. Yes, sir. Uh, Jonathan. Well, then, in for a penny, in for a pound. After you. Sorry for the mess. I'm an old bachelor with no one to impress. No worries, Jonathan. You have a nice home. It's kind of you to say so. Can I get either of you anything to drink? No, thank you. Thanks, but no, I I'm fine. Then we better get to it. Is this all regarding Gary Stevens? Lynn, I'm afraid I wasn't completely honest with you when you were here last. Or, or no, that's not quite right. Everything I said was true enough. But for your sake, I left out a lot. I'm a big girl. I can take it. I put the kibosh on our last interview because I don't like being pushed. Plus, some secrets are supposed to stay secret. Except maybe these can't. Because you're friends with the Harmon girl. For her sake, you get the whole story. Not that you're likely to believe it. After the week we've had, there's not much that would surprise us. We'll see. Lynn, you wanted to know if I had dealings with Gary at Angelic Heights. If I'm being honest, Gary was the main reason I started working there. I'd followed all the court cases, and, and knowing they'd let him off... When I knew in my heart he'd murdered my best friend. It was too much. I'm so sorry. I never got the chance to tell you that last time. Thanks, hon. And I do appreciate that. And I wonder constantly where Danny would be now. What kind of life he would have led if I'd gotten there one minute earlier. You weren't responsible. I know that now. Or, or think I do. But if the weather's wrong, or I don't sleep right... I get it. You think about fate. Fate. <laughs> Karma. Destiny. Whatever you call it. It's, it's heavy. Anyway, I don't want you to think that Gary got off scot-free. He didn't. It was the court system that sent him to Angelic Heights. He was all of 20 years old, and I started working there the following summer, back in 62. I took that job because I wanted to look Gary in the eye. Every day. I wanted to understand what it was that made him push Danny off that ledge. That plus I wanted to see him suffer. I intended to make damn sure that he'd spend the rest of his life locked away in angelic heights, even if it killed me. That sounds like a rough road. Surprisingly easy. Actually, cathartic, I guess you'd say. See, I, I got to go home every night. Plus, I was obsessed. I had to get nearer, closer, so I worked my way up until I was designated orderly on Gary's wing. And then you got to see him every day? Most of the time. He was quiet, reserved. He'd even make small talk. If he understood that I knew what he'd done, he never let on, and neither did I. But he must have known. I know I wanted him to know, but there were other times, see, when he, he just wasn't himself. You mentioned schizophrenia. And you passed that information along, I hope. I spoke to Lachelle's father this morning. He didn't actually sound surprised. No, I, I suppose he wouldn't. But here's the thing, see. I dealt with plenty of other patients who were paranoid schizophrenics. But there was something more sinister about Gary. He had four distinct personalities. Most of the time, he was plain vanilla Gary. But then he was also Blossom, or Daddy, or sometimes, worst of all, by a long shot, the other. Was he aware? Oh, he was acutely aware that he was harboring these other three, and that's not normal. Most people that suffer from multiple personality disorder, uh, they call it disassociative identity disorder nowadays, but I still prefer the old term. My, my point is... Most patients have no idea about their other personalities. They're totally ignorant. But Gary not only understood, he was terrified. That sounds horrifying. <laughs> Blossom might have offered some comfort now and again, but I think she was mostly terrified herself. Terrified of the other two. Are you saying 
all of his personalities were self-aware? Lynn, I told you how Danny died. I told you how I heard Gary afterwards saying, he fell, he fell. I had no way of knowing it at the time, but later in the asylum, I got to know that voice. When he said those words, he wasn't Gary. That was Blossom. So you think he was already suffering from this disorder when he pushed Danny off the loft? But if that's the case, then he wasn't fully responsible for his actions. Bingo! Gary was a hothead for sure, but he never laid a finger on anybody. Not outside of football. But those other two entities, Daddy and the other, those two are in a whole different league. Wait, what do you mean by entities? Plus, you put that in the present tense. Well, no. Either that was a double slip of the tongue, or I just put my cards on the table. I'm listening. For your friend's sake, where we go next is not for an article. Not now, not ever. I need your word this will never see print. Unequivocally, you have it. (laughs) Big word. What? You don't know it? He knows the word. Inside joke. Sorry. Please, go on. Well, I hope I can trust you. Because I could get into big trouble if anyone ever finds out that I made copies of these things. What are those? Cassettes? Antiques, I know. But yes, cassette tapes of the doctor's loony bin sessions with Gary. Oh my god. Yeah, I'd probably get arrested if these got out. How long have you been sitting on these? Going on 40 years now. I made copies myself, secretly, you understand, not long after Gary offed himself. He committed suicide? Hung himself with his bedsheet. And yes, I was the one who found him. Oh, wow. Wish I could say I got some satisfaction out of that. All I felt was pity. Okay, but if Gary's dead, then why were you talking about Daddy and the other as if they're still around? Eh, We'll get to that. First up, let's... Give a listen to Gary Stevens' greatest hits. This is Dr. Timothy Boyer, recording from my office in Angelic Heights Mental Institution. The date is September the 7th, 1963. This is session 17 with patient Gary Stevens, who is with me now. Good afternoon, Gary. How are you feeling today? I, I guess I'm fine. That's good to hear, Gary. I understand you've been busying yourself in the arts and crafts room? I've taken up painting. Acrylics. That's good, Gary. Participating in group creativity can help in relaxation and help you focus. Have you been sleeping better this week? Not much. No, sir. I'm sorry to hear that. But I gather you've been regurgitating your sleeping pills at night. Is there a reason why you are trying not to sleep? You know why. I think I do, Gary. But I would like for you to tell me. The dreams, Dr. Boyer. You you know it's the dreams. We have discussed this before, Gary. Your dreams cannot hurt you. Your dreams may be trying to tell you something, but whatever happens to you inside your dream, although it might be frightening, it cannot hurt you. Then what's this, then? That cut on your arm? We talked about that in our last session. The cut in the shape of a cross. An an upside-down cross. I see the cut, Gary. And yes, it does resemble a cross. But I believe that you did that while asleep or during one of your shifts. We have asked the orderlies to keep your fingernails trimmed short so this doesn't happen again. But if you continue picking at it as you are doing now, it won't have a chance to heal. He's doing this to me, you know? Who is doing this to you, Gary? The other. The other has no power over you unless you give him power. You know this. Who protects you, Gary? Blossom. That's right, Gary. Blossom. She's no use. He's too powerful. Can I speak to Blossom today? I'll ask her, Dr. Boyer. For the record, the patient is leaning forward in his chair now, rocking gently back and forth. In case it's not audible, he is humming softly as he rocks. This has been the pattern when he begins the shift to the Blossom persona. Ah, he's seated upright again. 
Hello, Blossom. Hello, Hello doctor. doctor. How are you today, Blossom? I'm feeling very tired, sir. I take it you haven't been sleeping very well. That's right. And do you know why that is? Because Gary isn't sleeping. Isn't that right? That's right. We've had this problem before, haven't we? Yes, sir, we have. Do you remember what we talked about during our last session, Blossom? What's that, Doctor? That you, Daddy, and the other are all living inside of Gary? Yes, I remember. And you care for Gary, don't you, Blossom? Yes, I do. And you want what is best for him, don't you? Of course. Gary needs his sleep, Blossom, or else he's not going to get better. And you need your sleep, too. I know that, Doctor, but he's afraid. I'm afraid. You don't have any need to be afraid, Blossom. Daddy can't get you. Yes, he can, Doctor. You don't know him. You're right, Blossom. I don't know him. Because you keep him away. And that means you're stronger than you realize. You have been protecting Gary from both Daddy and the other for months now. Maybe years. Oh, I've been doing that for a lot longer than you believe. And not just with poor Gary, but they're getting stronger. Are they with you now, Blossom? Could I speak with them? I don't think that's a good idea, sir. I understand, but if I could speak to one of them, perhaps you and I can figure out a way to help Gary. You'd like that, wouldn't you? Yes, I would. Let's start with Daddy, then. We can save the other for another day. If you think it's best. I do. The patient's eyes are fluttering. He seems to be going into a trance-like state. His eyes are rolling back into his head, so only the whites of his eyes are showing. He's now slumped over in his chair. Where, Where am I at now? Is this Daddy? Who's this? I'm Dr. Boyer. I believe Blossom may have mentioned me. I don't got time for this. And why is that? Got field meat tender. Sir, do you know Gary Stevens? Never heard of him. What about Blossom? You need to stop saying that girl's name. Why is that, sir? After what she did, that girl ain't welcome. What did she do? Got herself knocked up by that no good hillbilly. That's what she done. No daughter of mine is gonna breed with some no account hornswoggler. So Blossom is your daughter. I told you not to call her that. Do you know where you are, sir? I done told you I didn't. And you have no idea who Gary is? Are you deaf? I don't know no Gary. Interesting. What about the other? Time for you to shut your damn mouth. Blossom is afraid of him, are you? She's the one that killed my poor baby. The other killed Blossom? Stop, stop saying, saying that name! Dr. Boyer, you've got to stop saying his name. Gary? You can't be repeating that name. I was talking to Daddy. Is he still with us? I ain't worried about Daddy! So, the other. Is, is he with you now, Gary? Stop! Please! If the other is there, Gary, let him come through. Oh, God! Gary, if we are ever going to make headway, I need to talk to the other. Talk? You don't know what you're asking. Calm down, Gary. Breathe. Gary? Gary. Hello, Doctor. Gary? No, not Gary. If you're not Gary, who are you? Tell me your name. <laughs> Wouldn't, Wouldn't you, you like, like to know? You will tell me your name. No. Gary calls you the other. What should I call you? Gary is weak. His tongue wouldn't be able to pronounce my name. He doesn't deserve to know it. But Blossom is strong, isn't she? She's kept you at bay for some time now, haven't she? <laughs> the child has not kept me at bay, Doctor. I've only been... resting. But you have awakened me from my slumber. And for that, perhaps, I should thank you. What do you want with Gary? Less and less. 
Explain that. Gary is <laughs> temporary. A vessel. A cog in my wheel. Gary is not a tool for you or anyone. Are you sure? You need to release him. It's not time. When is it going to be time? These restraints, Doctor. Remove them. You know I cannot allow any harm to come to Gary or myself. You are afraid of me. No. Because you do not exist. <laughs> Gary knows better. Gary knows I am real. Soon you will too. But for now, I will rest. Wait, we're not finished here. Doctor, that's more true than you know. Now hear me. And hear me well, you are not strong enough to weather the storm. I am the storm! And I am coming for Gary! And I am coming for you! Gary? Gary! Nurse! I need orderlies now! The patient is seizing. Oh my god. Is that tape for real? Unfortunately, it is. Carrie sounded... Possessed? I didn't want to say it. You have over two dozen tapes here. Are all of these sessions with Gary? Uh, not exactly. What's that supposed to mean? Uh, one of them is Gary's exorcism. Are you joking right now? Look at my hands. You see them shaking? You could have a tremor. That'd be normal at your age. Miss Hassler, Lynn... These tapes terrify me. But I've been listening over and over again for four years. And you're right, I could have a tremor, but I don't. And if you noticed, when you got here, my hands weren't shaking. Will you, will you play the tape of the exorcism for us? No woman knee has heard that tape in all of these years. If I play this for you, no turning back. Tyler? Play the tape. Scrappy, you have no idea how good it is to see you. Well, the, the way you sounded on the phone, I figured I better get over here. Why are you out of breath? Dude, I'm a freshman. I rode my bike. Right. Got it. Okay, look, get in here. You don't sound so great. I'm running out of allies is what it is. I can't reach Lynn. I can't find Tyler. Can't find Drake. And Meredith. I spent half a day on the phone with her, but she's holed up in her bedroom and won't come out. And now Christie's in my house trying to do I don't even know what. Keep Lachelle from losing her marbles? I guess, but I thought that was my job. Not when you're fighting mad at each other, which you are. I feel like I've got a right to be mad. So? Okay, you're making me feel like a total tool. Hey, Scrappy. The fact is, your dad should be the one stepping up, not you. So don't make this worse by blaming yourself. How about we stop talking about me? Can do. But here's the thing. Lachelle is you, and now she's got Christy, so our focus has to be Meredith. She had another rough night? Knocking sounds, scratching at the walls, and you know what. No. Oh yeah, the scrappy special. Maniacal laughter, but she could never get a fix on where it was coming from. Her parents are where? One's out of town, the other works the third shift. Wow. I need to be, I don't know, more proactive than just going over there and hanging out. So we're going there to what? To fight back, that's what. Okay, how do we do that exactly? Holy crap! Tell me you ordered a pizza. I did not. Who is it? It's me, Drake. And I've got Tyler. Oh, man, am I glad to see you. What's with all the equipment? And Tyler, dude, are you okay? He will be, if we can keep him busy. As for the equipment, this bag is all sound equipment. This here is a very pricey thermal imaging camera that we swiped off Tyler's dad. And this beauty is an EMF detector. What the heck is an EMF detector? Electromagnetic frequencies. I mean, we are headed to Meredith's place, right? How'd you know that? 
Dude, you have left me like a gazillion phone messages. Wait, so all this stuff, this is all for... Ghostbusting. Drake, you are a true friend. Oh, I'm full of surprises. Tyler, you gonna talk anytime soon? Uh, yeah. One word, that's it? Where's Lynn? Well... Tyler, spit it out. Last time I saw her, I think she was breaking into the library. You think? I, I wanted to help. I really did, but I... I guess I needed to sub out. Let's just focus on Meredith. I can fill you in about Tyler and Lynn on the way. Right. Scrappy, grab that box of matches. What are we gonna do? Burn her house down? Just trust me, okay? I've got a van. I'll drive. All right. Let's do this, guys. Into the woods. Welcome to Catherine Alexandra's. At Catherine Alexandra's, we handpick all of our apparel and accessory items based on the latest trends. Everything from slippers to the perfect denim jacket. We have all the best women's tops, blouses, tees, and sweaters, and the perfect denims, sweats, and sets to match. Top off your look with a wide array of fashion jewelry, hats, and designer purses. Looking for some of the finest chocolates around? We've got that too. All of this and more is available online at catherinealexandra's.com. Gotta say, Meredith's house looks totally normal. With ghosts, we don't have the luxury of trusting our eyes. Oh, great. Here, help me with this gear. Hey guys, thanks for coming. Hey, Mare, you okay? No, definitely not. Are you sure you don't want to go over to Lachelle's and stay with her and Christine tonight? Not now that you're all here, you and all this stuff. Just a few basic tools of the trade. You won't believe what he's got. Tyler, come on. Uh, we'll get it set up in here. Don't worry, ma'am. We're professionals. I did not sign up for this. No, but if you want to make sure you're not crazy, well, this is how we verify. Meredith, the key is, when people start experiencing things they can't explain, it's usually because of something is trying to communicate. Send a message. So if we can, we want to figure out just what the message is, but who exactly is sending it, who or... What? And then figure out why now, why here, why you. And that's what all this equipment is for. How do we start? Well, it would really help if you describe what's been going on. Well, tonight, so far, thank God, nothing major. But last night? Kurt, I already told you everything. Yes, but now we need to get everybody else on the same page. It's okay. You got this. Well, I was sitting here in the living room, maybe 8 o'clock, reading my Kindle, and I started smelling something funny. Funny how? Like something had died? Like decay or whatever, you know, like when a mouse gets caught in the wall and croaks? So I'm sitting in that chair right over there, and the smell is getting stronger. I get up, walk around the room trying to figure out where the smell is coming from, but it's like it's everywhere, all over the house. And all of a sudden, I hear this scratching noise coming from the wall behind the chair I had been sitting in. So I figure it's Brother Mouse looking for his dead buddy, right? I move the chair and bend down to where I hear the sound coming from. I've got my ear against the wall, and just like that, the picture that was hanging on that wall opposite side of the room falls right off its hook and goes crashing down on the floor. The glass shatters into a million pieces. Holy crap. Scared the bejesus out of me, and look, you can still see the outline where it was hanging, the fade. Anyway, the scratching stopped right after, but I just figured the noise had spooked the mouse or whatever, so I cleaned up the broken glass, grabbed some milk and cookies, and got ready for bed. I was still spooked out by the picture thing, so I kept the light in the hallway on and the door to the bedroom cracked, but everything seemed peaceful, and I was just drifting off when I catch a whiff of that smell again. The decay. Right, and just as that's registering, I hear the wind chimes on the front porch. No big deal, right? But it takes a lot of wind to make those go, and I'm listening, and there's not a breath of wind. So now I'm thinking about Shane's putt-putt sign, and I'm feeling like the last chick in a horror movie, right? I hear that. So what do I do, idiot me? I decide it's a good idea to look out the window, and yup, no wind, but the chimes are still going, all on their own. And then I hear it. That loud, maniacal laughter, exactly what Shane described. So I shoot back into bed and jump under the covers like there's some sort of shield, and I just hide there, like a dummy. Why didn't you call me right then? I wasn't thinking clearly, Obvi. And was that the end of these manifestations? I wish. I mean, that was the worst of it, yeah. But there was stuff going on all night. Scratching and knocks and bumping. And at one point, my bedroom door that I left cracked, the stupid thing shut, all on its own. 
I'm so sorry. I wish I'd been there. No, for once, you don't. But someone else came home, eventually. My mom, and I hadn't slept a wink, so we called the school. I slept all day, and when I finally woke up... You called me. Exactly. And my best theory at this point is that that ghost chick followed me home from church. And if I'm getting this straight, the girl you saw at church might, or at least could possibly have been, the ghost of Emma Ubalor. Whoever it was, at least she was friendly. Kurt, can you work on the rest of the sound equipment? Sure. Meredith, this house is a crawl space, right? Yeah, the access is under the deck and back. Why? If we want to hear Emma's message clearly... If it's Emma. Sure, yes, but whoever's reaching out, if we want to get it straight, then we need to debunk whatever we can so we start with the easy stuff. The smell, the decay. There really may be something dead down there. If so, we can rule that out. I'm coming with you. I can do this part on my own. We shouldn't totally split up, and I'd feel safer sticking with you. Kurt, what happened to Tyler? Not sure we really know. And whatever it is, he's not talking. But Scrappy, you're with me. And I've got Tyler. Back in a flash. Hey, Meredith, I've got my keys and billfold over on this side table. Don't let me forget, okay? You'd lose your ass if it wasn't attached. Truth. Okay, Scrappy, help me with this box over here. So, Drake, all we're going to find is a dead raccoon or something, right? What? And not the ghostly body of a pregnant teen bride? That's not funny. No, it's not. Here, shine that flashlight over here. Two feet left. The aluminum panel. <coughs> here, help me with this thing. There, got it. I would say after you, but I'm pretty sure that's not where your head is at right now. If you'd heard Jonathan Austin's tape... You wouldn't be so gung-ho either. Maybe, maybe not. Come on, I'll lead. You know, I, I don't normally suffer from actual claustrophobia. Tyler, there is no room under here for you to flip out. I know, but this is seriously tight. Look at me, look at me in the eye. Deep, slow breaths. What if there's live raccoons down here? Or, or rats? We do not want to be crawling on our stomachs if she's got rats. Hey! What? Look at me. Right here, man. Look at me in the eyes. Now, breathe. She really could have rats. I don't hear anything, and neither do you. So breathe. Deep. And slow. In. And out. And out. Okay. I'm good. It's over. All right. Let's remember why we're down here. Tracking a bad smell. And so far? Nothing. And nothing moving around except for the two of us. Sorry. Tight spaces, even on a good day. Dude, I am now officially changing the subject away from tight spaces. Probably a good idea. So, uh, tell me about this tape you heard. Not sure if I want to talk about that either. Did those asylum doctors really call in an actual Catholic priest? I'm telling you, man, it was an exorcism. The whole nine yards. You don't think it could have been faked? I, I mean, yeah, I guess anything's possible, but why go to all that trouble? Uh, I'd love to hear it, that's for sure. I think that Austin dude, Jonathan, he'll go to his grave with it. If you want, you'll have to peel it out of his cold, dead hands. Too bad. Tapes like that could be worth a fortune. Oh, ow! You all right? Uh, put my hand on a nail or something. Right into my palm. Better you than me. You've already got all the right bandages. Oh, uh, you noticed. Day one, remember? You had blood dripping off your hand. I'm sorry. I, I do try to keep those things covered up. Which is why I let you have your privacy. Uh, figured it was none of my business, but right now, way under here, hunting for things that go bump in the night, I gotta say... I want to know a little more about who I'm working with. So, you look at me. What do you see? Goth? Cutter? Goth, for sure. As far as Cutter? You tell me. You do get points for not pulling out emo, I'll give you that. The jock noses clicks? Well, one thing these bandages are not is a cry for help. Me being too distraught at my dad's death that I just can't go on. 
if you say so. You remember I told you I've had experience with the paranormal before, right? Pretty much the whole reason I'm in a crawl space with you, looking for the carcass of a dead rodent. Yeah? Well, these clothes convinced my dad, the minister, that I was fooling around with forces I shouldn't be messing with. And he was what people would refer to as a pillar of the community, so I guess I was making him look bad. So one day, he tosses me outside, ushers me over to the shed out back for a little stern talking to that involved a nice long switch. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus had nothing to do with it. Or everything, depending on who you ask. Anyway, there he was. My dad going to town on me, trying to get me to repent of my sins. And I'm just taking it. I won't give him the satisfaction. Which drives him insane, right? Me being stoic just proves that I'm in league with Lucifer. So, after about 45 minutes, he decides when I need his isolation, and I kid you not, my own dad duct tapes me to the chair and leaves me in the shed. You're being serious right now? Dead. It's funny, you're literally the only person I've told this to. Not how I pictured giving my statement. I kind of imagine cops with coffee and donuts in a little room with green linoleum walls. How are you joking about this? Sorry. Psychological reflex. I combat discomfort with inappropriate humor. Isn't that what sociopaths do? Uh, no, not really. Anyway, um, he leaves me tied there for the whole damn night. Next morning, he opens the door and stops cold. I'm kind of fuzzy eyes half-closed, and all I can see is his silhouette, the sun behind him like he's an angel or something. And he lets out this gasp and says, Oh no, what have I done? Next thing I know, he's rushing over, waiting for me to wake up, and he's struggling to get the duct tape off. I'm confused, running a fever, but I look down, and all around me, all around my chair, he's kneeling in this pool of blood. And I'm like, whoa, where'd all that come from? He hit you that hard? He cut loose, yeah, but... There's no way he caused that much damage. So it wasn't the switch. Dude, stop thinking and listen. He finally gets me out of the chair, and he holds up my arms, and that's when I see wounds in both wrists. I'm supposed to get something from that? Ever heard of the term stigmata? Something to do with crucifixion. Supposedly, certain people who are marked by God exhibit signs mimicking Christ on the cross. For Catholics in particular, could be a sign, a prophet, sainthood, so, Dad got a look at those marks on my arm, and he was, like, instantly remorseful. All his ministry work, and it turns out I'm the one that's been touched by God. Is that what it feels like? That you've been touched by God? All I know for sure is I ended up in the hospital, officially because of a farming accident, and once I was out, I was able to do pretty much whatever I wanted, because my disciplinarian father had been shown the error of his ways. So... You're like a holy warrior for Christ. <laughs> yeah, some kind of Christian knight. But that doesn't really fit, does it? On the other hand, I got no explanation for how these holes got in my wrist. And even with all these bandages, two years after the fact, two years and more since my dad strapped me to that chair, sometimes they just start bleeding all over again. Next, you're going to tell me the bleeding restarted the day Kurt dug up his Ouija board. Pretty much exactly, yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. I admit it, I can't prove it, but it's true. And I'm hearing this story in a crawl space that was not built for a guy my size. Well, I don't smell anything, do you? Me neither. Can we get out of here? Long overdue. Here, follow me. Okay, so do I have this set up right then? Yeah, looks good. Doesn't matter which USB port you use. The mic will work as long as it's the only one plugged in. Two will cancel each other out. Okay, cool. All this gear feels like serious overkill. You want to make sure you're hearing what you're hearing, right? If we can get it on digital, you'll be able to rest easy. I do not follow that logic at all. Ah! Ah! Holy crap! Jesus, what are you trying to do? Kill me? Sorry. I figured I'd just knock to let you know we were back. God! Sorry, I do get that you're a bit jumpy. Oh, you think? Wow. Feel that adrenaline? And you didn't find a thing, did you? Nothing except Drake's messed up origin story. What is he, some kind of superhero? Definitely not. Um, how's the sound equipment? We got equipment set up in here and in Meredith's room. Good. 
Wait, is someone burning incense? Not exactly. No, what he's doing is burning up a whole jar of dried sage in a bowl in the kitchen, and it is not a smell my parents are going to enjoy. Don't look at me. That was 100% Kurt. What? I read about it, okay? Where? Ghost Hunters Monthly? It was online, all right? Something about ghosts don't like herbs and spices. Okay, let's assume that's true. We're here to hunt the ghosts. If you chase it away before we can find it, learn about it. That's what I said. Okay, okay. Look, this is me washing it down the sink. Right. Here we go. Tyler, you grab the thermal imaging camera. Got it. Let's get some baseline readings. I'll use the EMF detector. How do we start? Meredith, if you don't mind, could you turn off all the lights? You're going to make us hunt ghosts in the dark. Seriously, I'd rather keep the lights on. Like, all the lights. A thermal detector won't do well with light bulbs. Plus, any extra electrical noise can interfere with the EMF detector. If you want, we could kill the main power to the house. Yeah, actually, that's not a bad idea. Hey, whose house is this anyway? Yours, but I'm pretty sure the fuse box is in the garage. I've got the thermal running. Scan the room. Look for hot spots. Whoa, that's cool. Looks like predator vision. <laughs> Same basic concept. Why do I see a bright red stripe on the screen, but not on the actual wall? It's picking up a hot water pipe behind the drywall. Probably the one that feeds the kitchen sink. Yeah, that's where it is, all right. That's cool. <laughs> Looks like Kurt found the main power switch. Wow, listen to how quiet it is. Didn't realize electricity made that much noise. Creepy is what it is. Wait, Tyler, hold up. Did you see that? What? Aim the camera back toward the kitchen. Here? Down a bit. There! What the heck is that? A handprint? Did you find something already? Check this out, dude. How'd a handprint get down there? Were any of you sitting along this wall while we were down in the crawl space? No, nobody. So no one put their hand against this wall? No way, man. And look where it is. You'd have to be lying on the floor to get your hand face up like that. Hey, I want to try something. What are you doing? I'm going to put my hand right above it. Now, Scrappy, count to ten. One, two, three, four, five, six. Count faster. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, I'm taking my hand away. See anything on thermal? Yeah, I mean, it's there, but it's faint. Just a bluish mark in the shape of a hand. Nowhere near as hot as the other one. And yours is already fading. I'm going to try holding my hand to the wall for like a full minute, see if that makes a difference. Drake, what are you getting on the EMF? Pretty normal baseline of 1 to 1.5. Uh, I'm going to check out the hot spot where the handprint is. Whoa, check this out. I've got a huge spike. That's crazy. It jumped up to 8.3. 8.5. What's that mean? It means that the electromagnetic field is greater around the handprint. A lot greater. So does that mean there's a ghost touching the wall right this second? No idea. This is doing nothing for my anxiety. I want you to know. Guys, come around the corner. There's this lumpy thing on the other side of the wall. Oh, that's embarrassing. That's a plaster impression of my hand from back when I was in preschool. And it's on the exact opposite side of the wall from the ghost print. Oh. Oh, shut up! Ooh, I want to see, but uh, I don't want to let go of the wall just yet. Gotta admit, that's a really weird coincidence. Uh, here, Kurt, take your hand off the wall. Okay, what's it look like on thermal? Your print is still nowhere near as hot as the other one. So either whatever left that print held it for a lot longer than I did. Or it's still there now. Shut up, Scrappy. Just saying. Well, stop. No more saying. Wait, shh. Did you guys hear that? What? Listen. There. That's what was happening all last night. Where did it come from? Let me try something. Nothing. We heard you trying to get our attention. Everybody knows shaving a haircut. Can you complete this? Yeah, did that just happen? No way, man. Ooh, I, I want to try. Can you answer me, too? <laughs> Wicked, now me. Ah! Oh, my God. Holy crap, that was so loud. Wait, guys, do you smell that? Oh, gross. That's it. That's the smell I was telling you about. Ugh, that's nasty. Miles worse than your burnt sage, that's for sure. See what I mean? Something is definitely here, and we need to try to communicate. We want you to know we're paying attention. Are you trying to tell us something? 
Last night, you knocked a picture off the wall. This time, without destroying anything, I want you to try to move something again. Prove to us that you can do that. Anybody see anything? Nothing on the thermal. What was that? Holy crap, those were my keys over there in the foyer. They flew like off the side table. Nobody was even over there. Not sure I'm liking this. Did you hear that? It came from the back hallway. Let's move back there. Tyler, lead the way. Me? You got the thermal. Let me know if anything pops up. Okay. The smell's getting stronger. Ugh, yeah it is. Nothing on the thermal. Anything on the EMF? It's all over the place, jumping from 1.2 to 6.7 at the top. Is that normal? Nothing about this is normal. Meredith, this is your room, right? Yeah, that's mine. Then maybe you shouldn't look at your rocking chair. It's moving, all on its own. EMF is at 8.7. Look at the thermal. The armrests, the seat, they're hot. Like someone is sitting in the rocker. Except there's no one there. Here, Kurt, hold the EMF. I'm gonna sit down. On the rocker? Hey, you only live once. Please tell me you don't feel anything. The seat's a little warm, actually. Crazy. My arm is getting hot. Maybe check me with a the thermal. Yeah, man, your arm's bright red. Way higher than the rest of your body. Yeah, and Drake, I think you're bleeding. Ah, damn it. Somebody get me a towel or something. I'll grab one from the bathroom. Are you okay, man? Yeah, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, guys? Dude, that's a lot of blood. I said I'm fine. Guys, you need to get in here. What's going on? Tell me you see that. See what? Right there, behind the chair in the corner. Holy crap. There's somebody standing over there. A shadow person. And it shows on the thermal is cold. Bright blue. It's fading. I'm going over there. Drake, no, don't. It's okay. Give me the towel. I'm serious, though. Don't go over there. Drake? Look, all I'm going to do is put my hand where it was. And you're right. It's ice cold over here. Ah! Whose phone is that? D sorry. It's Lynn. Hello? Tyler, are you guys still at Meredith? Yeah, you won't believe what's going on here. Yeah, but you won't believe what I found either. Uh, hang on, let me get you on speaker. Guys, I've been digging onto Lachelle and Shane's family history, and it is a verified fact. Gary Stevens is their great uncle. I thought we already knew that. Now we've got paperwork, and guess where that led me? Stop baiting me and give, will you? Tracing the Stevens family line led straight to another surname, Uvalor. So? That's Emma's last name. Emma from the rowboat from Curtin Mare's dreams. Wait, so I'm related? Shane, you're not only related to Gary Stevens, but to Emma and her father, Henry. And Henry? Is, or at least might be, the one that drowned Emma and Billy. Okay, I'm done. Totally done. I hear Meredith. Are you all at her place? Sure thing. And you're there because you think she's being haunted, right? We aren't thinking anything. Lynn, this place is on fire with paranormal activity. Her address is 1530 Memory Lane, right? Yeah. Why? Guys, Meredith lives on Henry Uvalor's old farmland, the exact same property he had in the 1800s, the one where he raised Emma. You're kidding me. I checked the plat maps, and I'm absolutely certain. All of this, it's all connected. This is insane. And the odds that we really are interacting with Emma's ghost just went through the roof. Crap, now Christy's calling. Lynn, I'll be right back. Wait. Uh, Christy, what's up? Tyler, you have to get over here now. What's wrong? There's something wrong with Lachelle. There is no Lachelle. Lachelle is gone. The Loft is an Evansville North High School production brought to you by Garland Vision and recorded at Speak and Tell Studios in Evansville, Indiana. Produced in conjunction with WPSR and the Evansville Vanderburg School Corporation. Written by Christopher P. Tyner with Mark Rigney and directed by Christopher P. Tyner. Starring... Avery Fine as Lachelle Harmon, Isaiah Crutchfield as Shane Harmon, Colin Kramer as Kurt Moreland, Kaylee Givens as Meredith Blessing, Alistair Tottenham as Lynn Hassler, Elijah LaRue as Tyler Schrode, Marybeth Hartsburg as Christy Hahn, Nick Roebling as Drake Schulteis, Brady Donninger as Gary Stevens, JC Doris as The Nurse, and Daniel Ward as The Orderly, and featuring Mike Kelly as Mr. Everett, Andy Lindauer as Jonathan Austin. Christopher P. Tyner as The Other, Clint Bird as Daddy, Gretchen Ross as Miss Julius and Lachelle's Mom, Eric Altidy as Dr. Boyer, and Rick Kirsting as Mr. Deweese. Additional voice talent provided by Corinne Gooch, Bryn Stevens, Grace Baker, Daniel Ward, Ian Blaylock, and J.C. Doris. 
Production Manager, Marley Snow. Technical Crew and Foley Work provided by David Kerchief, Anna LaGrange, Connor McCollum, Edie Clank, Andrew Meyer, and Elizabeth Davis. Additional art provided by Nina Spellman. Sound Engineer, Eric Smith at Speak and Tell Studios. Edited by Christopher P. Tyner. Produced by John Skinner. Business Manager, Jane Bernhardt. Production Assistant, Nina Lindauer. Commercials recorded and edited by the students at WPSR in the Southern Indiana Career and Technical Center under the direction of Joe Beth Boots. The director would like to thank Kelly Tyner, J. Andrew Beatles, Andrea Drury, Robert Hunt, John Skinner, Jane Bernhardt, Tracy Duckworth, and Nina Lindauer. The Loft is a North High School Speak and Tell Studios production.